Welcome to episode number 206 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, you're going to be listening to a conversation between myself and Peter Atherton, author of Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow, a blueprint for professionals and business owners, and the creator of the impact process. We're going to talk about the truth behind engineering partnership or ownership in an engineering company, the good, the bad, and the potentially ugly. And I do think that this relates to all engineers, some of the strategies in this episode, whether you're in a field where ownership makes sense or not, even if you're in the public sector. There's just some really interesting strategies and things that Peter talks about in general about goal setting and thinking about the consequences related to achieving those goals. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. People had their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we've had close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Now, let me just tell you a little bit more about my guest for today, Pete Atherton. And I met Pete in Nashville at a conference when I was doing some traveling. Pete is an AEC industry insider that has spent more than 24 years as a successful professional engineer, principal, major owner, and member of the board of directors for a high achieving firm. He's now the president and founder of Actions Prove LLC. He works with AEC firms and leaders to grow and advance their success through strategic planning implementation, executive coaching, performance-based employee engagement, and corporate impact design. You can connect with him on LinkedIn or through his website at actionsprove.com. And again, the idea here was that I get engineers all the time asking me or telling me they want to be an owner in a firm, a partner in a firm, a principal. Now, these are all flashy terms that sound really exciting. But as much as there are good things associated with those positions, there's also things that can provide challenges in your career and your life. And Pete dealt with some of these firsthand, so I asked him to lay them out on this episode. And in the Take Action Today segment, we get into generally how this can affect you as an engineer, meaning you have to think through every goal and the consequences that come with it when you achieve it, not just the good ones. So before we jump into this one, I also want to mention an exciting project that we've been working on the last few years that's almost finished, the Current Management Abilities Potential Diagnostic Tool. We spent a year and a half outside data firm just constructing this tool, but it's from years of research on our podcast episodes and talking with engineers and surveying engineers, we wanted to figure out what really makes great engineering managers. So we went right to the source. We went to engineers who are managed by them, and we asked them a whole series of questions and surveys over time, and we developed these four key drivers to great engineering managers. And we're going to go through them on a series of podcast episodes coming up. However, we want you to experience this tool and kind of get your own diagnosis of yourself and how you lay out in these four drivers. And you can do that this summer at no cost to you as part of our case study that we're utilizing to tweak and finalize the diagnostic tool. So all you have to do is email Betty, Betty at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Tell her you're interested in the CMAP case study and we will set you up. So it's very simple. You can have all of your reports assess you you'll assess yourself and you'll ask your supervisors to assess you. And we'll be able to provide you with this kind of 360 output on where you kind of rate in those four different drivers and which ones you need to work on and which ones you don't. 
it's always good to have visibility into these things. So please be a part of this, what I consider a groundbreaking research and tool because there's nothing out there like that. People use the DISC assessment, other assessments. We want to create something engineering manager specific and we want you to be a part of it. So again, email Betty at Betty at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and let her know you want to be part of the CMAP case study. All right, now let's jump into my conversation with Pete Atherton with a quote to bring us in from Fred Allen. Treat employees like partners and they act like partners. All right, now I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Peter Atherton. Pete is the author of Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow. Pete, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Pete and I had met online, really, on LinkedIn. We've had some chats back and forth, and then we had the opportunity to meet at the AECHR Summit a few months back down in Nashville, which we had a good time at. It was good to finally meet Pete. And we talked a little bit through some of the stuff in his book. And we also talked about the topic that we're going to focus on here today, which is most engineers that I know, regardless of the discipline you're in, want to become managers. They want to become leaders and eventually become hopefully owners or partners in their firm, especially if they're, of course, in a private consulting firm. That was kind of Pete's path in his career. And why I invited him on is because in my conversations with him at the conference, we all want to be partners, let's say, or owners in a firm. And we think of all the good things that go along with that, but we don't always think about the bad or potentially some of even the ugly things. And so I wanted Pete to come on to talk about that. But Pete, before we do that, why don't you just give everyone a quick overview of your career as an engineer, just so people know where you're coming from. So for the first 24 years of my career, I was a practicing civil engineer and was through the ranks from a, from a project engineer all the way up to a project manager and um, principal and became a major owner in, in a firm. And I was a major owner of a firm for about 18 years. My career started off at, at Metcalf and Eddie in Boston. And for the subject of this conversation, I mean, I knew early on that was a pretty large corporation that I wanted to be a principal. I really wasn't, you know, once I moved to a, a smaller private firm, I wanted to be a principal, but then I understood the concept of being a shareholder and a major owner, and that was a goal. But like a lot of engineers, you know, I came out of school really focused on the technical aspects, but kind of learning some of the business side was something that I had to learn. But I was as interested in that as time went on as I was, you know, becoming a great technical engineer. The reason that we are having this interview on our Engineering Career Coach podcast. Our listeners are from every discipline, whether it's mechanical, electrical, civil, other technical professions. And I thought that it was important to get this topic out there because there are, I get emails from many of our listeners in different disciplines. They want to become owners of their company or their own company. And I think a lot of these points will apply, even though you may hear uh, Pete and I reference some civil engineering terms just because that was his specific example. So, all right, Pete, let's jump into this a little bit here. Let's start with the good stuff, because that is a lot what people think about when they say, I want to be an owner in a firm, a principal, a partner, whatever the term that they use. What would you say are some of the good things? And some of these may be obvious, but let's go through them. What are some of the good things about being in a position like that? We do generally know these, but I mean, to me and to a lot of folks I speak with, it's an opportunity really to lead others and even lead an industry. You know, you can be a a partner in a firm and, and you can do some pretty innovative things and, and start moving an industry forward. So that's a great opportunity to be in that driver's seat with an industry, not just you know with your firm and your own career. 
It can be to make a bigger impact through projects, but even beyond projects, because you can make an impact in your, the lives of your employees and their families and the communities that you live and that you serve. And along the way, also to be financially rewarded. You know, you can be financially rewarded year to year or in, you know, sort of a appreciation of the firm, you know, the day you retire. Chance to be the boss. And so, you know, there's just some of those are aspirations that a lot of people have. And I, I think that sort of rounds out the good list. And those are really important. I mean, listen, you do get the opportunity to kind of lead others as a, as a partner, owner, principal in a firm, right? You can make an impact. And like Pete said, I mean, listen, I have kids. I know Pete has children. That's also something that you think about, right? You want to be able to financially support your family. And as you grow as an engineer and you get bigger responsibilities, become a partner, principal, there are opportunities to be financially rewarded. And so those are all really positives. And I think a lot of the reasons that people do want to make that transition and want to get to that point in their career. However, with the good can come some bad, or you might use a business term, right? Risks, you know, some risks that come along with it. So Pete, let's dive into these a little bit. What are some things that are maybe quote unquote bad? And I'm sure these are some things that people may not think about as much as just having a higher salary. There's a a group of things that, you know, either we're just ignorant to, we're just not aware of, or we sort of gloss over and say, well, maybe that's in a movie. That's really not the reality. But I think the big thing is sometimes we just don't understand business and in light of business, really what it takes to be successful. So if you're in a present firm, I mean, there's a lot of work that went into making that present firm successful from starting from the ground up or continuing from a succession plan into a new ownership group. There's a lot of work that happens. And I think a lot of people are just naive to if something's successful, what went into that. In terms of if someone's given the opportunity to buy into a firm as, as a partner, junior partner, senior partner, the risk is that you're truly buying in. And you know, there's all kinds of different ways firms can structure this, but the bottom line is you're putting your own money on the line. In a lot of cases, you're taking out a home equity loan or a personal loan for the down payment and then paying the rest of what you bought out over five to 10 years. If your dividend from the ownership stake you have or bonuses aren't enough to cover someone's of that mortgage payment, you have to pay out of pocket. So there definitely is that financial investment, which can be a risk for people. So you definitely very quickly understand we need to maintain and grow our profits because that's the only way I'm going to be able to pay off my mortgage. So that's sort of people don't necessarily think of that. The other thing that happens is being an owner is if something were to ever happen, if there was a claim or a lawsuit or, or something, you had to recapitalize the company for some reason, the partners pay for that. And so it might be another opportunity to come out of your pocket, another home equity loan or something, you know, borrowing money from somebody, a bank or, or a person to recapitalize the company. That would be a risk that you run. And then there's also the risk that you lose value. The firm was worth a certain amount when you bought it, but this ownership group that took over or for whatever reason, it loses value 10 years later. And so you just run that risk. And I think that's sort of in the suite of a risk. And then, you know, there's other sort of aspects, you know, in terms of obligations, but I I think I'll just stop there with the risks and see if there's anything more to add on that front, because it's just something we have to consider. And we often don't. The one point there that I think is, I just want to kind of reinforce because I talk to a lot of engineers, of course, and what we do. And I think the whole idea of buying shares of a company, people don't even think about. People just think about, I want to get the principal and then they're just going to make me a partner. Usually, typically you have to buy shares of the company, which like Pete said, could require you taking out a loan. I mean, that's a risk. And 
what Pete said there at the end is also important to think about is this is not a lock, right? So it's like a stock almost that you have a little bit more control over than a stock that you just buy in terms of how it does, right? You're buying an investment to something and then you control part of it because you're a leader in the firm. So your performance and your team's performance may affect the revenue to some degree, but you have a lot of other people that will impact it. And that's an investment for you. If that investment goes down, then your shares that you bought into are at risk. I mean, they might just be worth less. And then if something happens and you decide to leave the firm or retire, you're going to have to sell them at what they're worth, which isn't going to be maybe as much as you paid. So these are things that you have to be aware of and even plan for. And how do you plan for it? Well, if you do want to become a partner in a firm, save money for that investment that you're going to have to make. Put some money away for that. And just like you save for other things, maybe you buy a used car instead of a car that you're paying every month and so that you can save some money or whatever the case may be. The point of having Pete on to talk about this is because we want you to be able to have some forethought into this process so that when you say, I want to be a partner in an engineering firm, you're evaluating the consequences of that, both the good and the bad, because there are some potential risks to that. And for some of you out there that may not be going this partnership model, you may be thinking more if you want to start your own business. It's really a lot of the same risks, right? Because you're going to have to then make sales. You're going to need to bring in money. And if you have people that you hire, you're going to have to pay them. And if you don't pay them, you're dealing with like the real threat of like someone who needs money to survive and has a family and they rely on you. You're not delivering for them. And then of course, for yourself, for your family. There's a lot of benefits to business ownership, to entrepreneurship, but there's also a lot of risks. And so we just want to be kind of open and honest with you about what those are. So Pete, so we talked a little bit about the good, you covered the bad. Let me just, if I could add one more thing. I mean, the, yeah, go ahead. sort of the, the side of some of the risk too is on the positive side, it, it's a bet on yourself and it's a bet with your partner. So if you're in a firm and you really are good at your craft, you know what you want, you're passionate, you're dedicated and your partners are you have more control over the landscape and your career and your professional development and your organizational growth than you do in buying GE stock or Facebook stock. So you are buying stock and you mentioned it, Anthony, I mean, but it is a bet on yourself. So it's a way that, you know, if all the cards play out well, there's some real big upside. But a lot of times the confidence is in I'm betting on myself and I'm using this private stock as a vehicle instead of just investing in the stock market. I think we've all heard the saying before, you know, no risk, no reward. So if you stay working as an engineer, whatever, a technical role or whatever the case may be, you'll most likely have an annual salary every year. It'll may go up incrementally slightly, but it is what it is. If you decide to go this ownership partnership role, like Pete said, you'll invest in yourself and your company. You'll put down money. And the upside is that you may not have that same salary every year. You may have an upside of having a much higher annual financial game because you're betting on it and you, your team are making good on that bet, so to speak, by delivering. A risk isn't necessarily a bad word. It's just, you just have to know the consequences of the risk. There's an upside to a risk and a downside. And so just being aware of what those are, it depends on the individual too. I mean, a lot of people will be comfortable having a salary for the next 20 years of their career, taking that salary, putting some something away in a 401k and doing their work. But there's other people that want to go for the ownership. They feel challenged. They want to lead. They want to make an impact in, in terms of that. And they want to potentially have upside with their salary. So it's really something to consider. It's something that you have to think through. Good way to do it is to talk to people that have done it before. And that's part of the reason, again, I wanted to have Pete on because he did it. Did we cover those points pretty good, Pete? We did. All right. So we got the good and the bad down. Now we're going to move on to 
what we're going to call the quote unquote potentially ugly. So what might that be? I mean, even if we get into that, I mean, you know, one of the things is, and it gets into sort of the awareness of whether, you know, you're comfortable being an employee or you might want to take the risk and become an owner in, in a way. One of the things that we have to understand, even on a personal level, is kind of what makes us successful as an engineer. It's not solely what's going to bring us success as a leader or a partner. And, you know, we really just need to be really in tune with who we are and grow as we grow. But I mean, I think as we're a partner or a leader, we have to become a much more of a people person, understand clients a lot better. We have to understand other people in our team and and outside throughout the organization. We've got to start thinking in terms of the big picture and the organization, not just about, you know, my projects and bonus at the end of the year. It's really kind of a, a larger look at life. We really, as leaders and partners, I mean, you know, there's this, this shift going on, which, you know, different firms and or different places, but there's really this leadership has changed. It's, it's no longer just about business strategy and execution. It's all about building a culture and it's having innovation and diversity and sustainability in the organization. And all of that being effective in all of that it is not necessarily going to come from, you know, I do a great set of calculations. That's something that, you know, as we grow and mature, depending on our path, it could be something that you're in this position, but you're not a people person. How can that be? And so it can cause some friction at times. What we talk about in general, in terms of engineering careers, which is kind of as Pete went through there, is you become really good at what you do technically. And in the way a lot of engineering firms work and the industry works, that then gets you to be promoted to a manager. You're a manager now because you're good at engineering, right? Not because you're good at management. So you have to go down this whole new path and you have to figure out how do I become a good manager? How do I build my people skills? How do I build my project management skills? And it's a whole nother part of your career. And so that's why in most engineering careers, you hear about that infamous fork in the road where you either decide I'm going to stay as a technical designer or a technical engineering role in my career, or I'm going to go into the management track. And that's a decision you make. And I think in part of this overall kind of episode topic here, a theme of becoming a principal, of course, you're going to take the management track. Now, just because you go down the management track and become a manager doesn't mean you're going to become a partner or principal, but that's like kind of the next step in the process. Right. Because there's another fork in the road down that management path. There's a fork in the road is, do you want to be a, a partner or an owner, or do you want to just be a, you know, an important person on the management team? And there's this not judging which one is different, but one of the, the things that can cause a little bit of consternation over time or you know, just a, a growth curve is the obligations of becoming an owner because really you're there to, to help grow the pie or make the pie more profitable or both. It's a new revenue. It's a business development role in, in a lot of ways. It's an enhancement of operations. It's how are we innovating? How are we learning how to scale? And the other obligation is, you know, in some firms, I mean, it's the outside world, you are the firm. You're not just an employee of the firm, you are the firm. And so you kind of, it's brand and your behavior has to be different inside and outside of the organization. We have to maintain confidentiality. That's a little bit of a, of a curve. You know, all of a sudden you used to go out and, and hang out and have this you know, great social life with everybody. And it just has to change a little bit once you become, you know, a senior manager or even more so in owner. And you can't do it in a bad way because you want to communicate with everybody, but you just have different obligations. And you just have to be aware of that because what you do could expose not just yourself and your career, but it could expose the firm. The one thing that I've seen, and, I, and right now I'm speaking specifically about the civil engineering industry because that's the industry I came up in as a manager, so I can really speak to that. And what I'm seeing happening a lot in the civil engineering industry is that this whole fork in the road idea of 
technical or managerial, to me, the technical road is becoming less of an option. And the reason I say that is because in today's world with budgets tighter and tools, technology, it's making it easier for people to do both. So in other words, when I started as an engineer, there was people that were drafting the projects and then the engineer, and they weren't doing the same. Then as I started going, the engineer was now drafting things in AutoCAD and doing the design. And then they started looking for you to talk to clients, et cetera. So my point is, is that to think that in the world today, you're going to be only a technical person, that role still exists, but it's not as much. And I think it's mostly in larger companies where they have the ability to do that. And so which also is something you just need to think about in the company you're in, in the position you're in. If you do want to maintain a technical career, are you in a company that will allow you to do that? If you do want to become a partner, principal, owner, manager, are you in a company, department, division, office that will allow you to do that? I think that's got to be part of your planning around that decision. I mean, that's another major transformation hitting all of our society in general. And in the engineering world, I mean, there was this sort of technical track. I think there still will be a technical track because I think the beauty of our industry is in the details and getting things done right. But I think to be successful going forward, a technical person is going to have to also be a technologist. And what I mean by that is it's not just kind of doing the same things. It's looking at how is technology changing? How can, you know, as things go forward, how can we use AI and some of the other leverage technologies to scale? So there's tasks that I used to do. And they used to consume 40% of my time, but now they can be outsourced this way or they can be redone this way. So, but I'm a technologist in that I understand how to use technology and maybe we can deliver that to the client that much sooner, or we're able to hold that value, still build a value for that client, but then I will, I'm able to do the higher value things because I'm just leveraging the technology that's out there. So I think I mean, there definitely is a role as time moves forward. I mean, it's not just going to be learning Excel and CAD. This is a technology, but there, there's a lot of different technology. And I think for a lot of senior managers and, you know, as we develop more on the people side, there will have to be a subset within organizations who really know the latest of technology, but then some user interfaces and what the value is to the client. That will be part of the business transaction too. We're not just going to be selling hours anymore. We're going to be selling the value. So our technology people have to help us be able to scale and leverage that technical value. Once again, speaking with Pete Atherton, author of Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in our Take Action Today segment and wrap this one up for you. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show where we try to wrap the episode up for you and leave you with some final thoughts that you can really take action on. And in this Take Action Today segment, we're going to talk about how everything that Pete's talked about so far translates to anyone in their careers in terms of goal setting and thinking about the consequences. But before we do that, I do want to just once again mention our new diagnostic tool we're working on, the Current Management Abilities Potential or CMAP Diagnostic Tool. We've been doing research and collecting data for many years, and over the past couple of years, we've hired an outside data analytics company that has helped us to take this research and build it into a diagnostic tool so that every engineering manager can diagnose how he or she kind of stacks up against what has made engineers great managers in the past. And the reason for this is because I'm a big believer in visibility and how important it is to you in your career. If you know you're really good at something, you can accentuate it. If you know you have challenges in one area, then you can improve those areas. 
and totally maximize your potential as an engineering manager and leader. And that's what this diagnostic tool is going to help you do. We've uncovered the four key drivers to great engineering managers. And don't worry, we're going to go through them on a series of episodes coming up on the podcast. But if you take part in our case study this summer at no charge to you or your company, you can get insight to those in your own career. All you have to do is email Betty at Betty at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and Betty will get you set up so that you can send this assessment to all of your reports. You can assess yourself and your supervisor can assess you. And we could take all that information and give you invaluable information on how you can grow into a great engineering manager or leader. And you don't have to be an engineer. You could just have to work in the engineering industry for the tool to kind of relate to what you're going through. All right, let's jump into our Take Action Today segment here. We're back with Pete Atherton, author of Reversing Burnout. And we've been spending this episode talking about things that you should know if you want to become a quote-unquote principal, partner, owner in an engineering firm, even own your own engineering firm one day. And we've talked a lot about some of the great things like becoming a leader in the industry, the financial gains, some of the things that may not be so great in terms of the risks or obligations that go along with it. What we want to leave you with in this Take Action Today segment is to think through this decision a little bit more outside of just the idea of being a partner. Maybe you could speak on that a little bit, Pete. Being that, I mean, one of the the things that I really wish I knew a little bit earlier is just some of the the realities of you're not an employee. It's not necessarily a 40-hour work week. It really isn't with employees today, but it's really becoming cognizant, I think, of from a business perspective, what are all those, you know, different pieces and what are the roles? Because depending on your level as a partner moving forward, you're going to have some oversight role or, or understand how they all function. But operations, profit and loss, you know, QAQC, how that interfaces with client service and IT department, business development, marketing, sales, human resources, you know, insurance and risk mitigation, cost control, cash management, contracting, AR, and all that, you know, is really important to understand as you're considering it and making your personal planning. You do that from, a, you know, how much the stock costs, what's the excess, the expectations in a personal way. But I mean, one final thought as an owner moving forward and really as a senior executive or senior manager is you're really constantly balancing the promises of the past, the needs and reality of the present and expectations for the future, not just for yourself, but for your team and, and for your clients. And so it's a different way to look at it. It's more inclusive. In a lot of ways, it's much more rewarding. A lot more of professional growth and professional and personal satisfaction for a job done well. That's something that I didn't think about as a younger engineer. And I think a lot of engineers don't necessarily think about. So we hope that you kind of enjoyed this conversation to help you really think through when you have these goals in your career, like a partner, an owner, even manager to begin with, like we talked about with those forks in the road, just think through what it means when you will actually get there or when you will actually be faced with that decision. And how can you prepare for that now? And that was really our goal with doing this episode. So Pete, once again, thank you so much for taking some time and spending some time with us here in the podcast. Pete's been out there quite a bit in the engineering industries these days, speaking at different conferences. Again, his book is Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow, which is his story of how he really got burnt out in his career as an engineering owner. And he provides some great strategies for you to avoid doing that. So Pete, Thanks so much for coming on the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode today. I enjoyed it myself, and I really enjoyed the conversation around 
consequences associated with your goals. It forced me to look at my goals a little bit and think about if I do achieve some of my goals, there's always good things about achieving your goals. That's why you're striving to achieve them. But there's also other things that come along with it. I'm not saying that they're bad things, but there are other things that will come into play if you achieve your goal. And we always need to consider those things. Just a quick mention, I've received requests on when the dates are for our next Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. That's our online workshop that helps engineering managers or soon-to-be managers develop their people skills, how to communicate effectively with clients and coworkers, how to network and build relationships, how to delegate effectively, how to be super productive and use MITs in your daily planning, and how to build expertise and improve your public speaking skills all amazing skills that you need to add to your toolkit if you want to be a successful engineering manager. You can take the course right now on demand if you go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. Or you can go to that same website and in the right-hand column, just click the button that will highlight our upcoming session which starts in September, gives you the dates, allows you to register and all that stuff. And I hope that we'll see you in that course I love that course. We'll do it another couple of times this year. We've gotten so much great feedback and we're really seeing engineers take the tools we're giving them, the frameworks, the assignments, do them and make change. That's why we do what we do because we want to drive change. We don't just want you to sign up for a course and go through the motions. And you'll see that in any of our courses and even our, our podcast. We try to forward the action with the segments like the Take Action Today segment. All right, so with that, I hope you enjoyed the episode again. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. Just go to our website, engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. There you can find a summary of this episode. This is episode 206 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. The summary will provide the key points discussed in the episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Don't forget to check out our upcoming webinar for the month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.